So, morning Facebook. So we, as always, I'm kind of undecided in what to preach. Um, and I wanted to, and I really wanted to, share a word that God gave me. There's a lot of changes taking place in this church. Tim's taking a break. By the grace of God, he trusted me to be associate pastor. Someone trusted me. There's big changes that's been taking place. You know, restrictions are easing. I don't know what the government are planning on doing, whether they want to bring them back or not, I don't know. And my plan this morning was to give, to share the word that God gave me for the next season. It's a powerful word. But I just feel something in my heart that it's not, it's not for this morning. And God spoke another word to me. And I kind of sense by all the worship songs, because you get the theme. I didn't choose them. I don't know how to sing and do all that stuff. They're all about God and his presence and his glory and his favor. And, and that's, so I'm going to wait for the word for the next season, for next week. It's a bit of an advertisement. If anybody wants to come and hear this awesome word, um, please come next week and hear me. Let's just pray that God doesn't give me another word by next week and then it'll be uh, <laughs> extended. So this morning, Nick, can you put up um, Matthew 11, verse 27, please? So we're going to give a, share a different word this morning. And if you can, when I get through halfway through, I've got something to say that I want you to engage if you can. I know it's very easy when we're going through stuff to just take a step back because we don't want to show people what we're really going through or how we really feel. But I know the Father wants to touch our hearts on something this morning. So I came across this scripture. Is there any chance we can just put that? I have Pete. Thank you, mate. Thank you, PA. Yeah, can someone put the back screen on? No. Is the red button on? It's fine. If not, I can just turn my head this way. Let me share the, I'll, I'll share it from here, it's fine. So Matthew eleven twenty seven. this scripture came to me. You know when you find a scripture in life, or you know when you're asking a question, if anyone's, thank you mate, if anyone's asked this question. <laughs> have you ever asked yourself, what, what is this about? Why are you here? Why are you a Christian? What, what, what's the purpose of being a Christian? What is this all about? And that's a quite a deep question I'm asking. But if you ever asked yourself, like, there's so many things that goes on in the church and, and Christianity and what we're meant to stand for as Christians and faith, but what is it all about? And I came across this scripture and I thought, that's what it's about. Jesus, you're showing us what you stand for, what your purpose is. So I want to show you, all things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son. And the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. So let me just break this down in three points. Notice it starts off by Jesus saying, All things have been delivered to me by my Father. All things have been given to Jesus. It doesn't say some. It says all things have been given to Jesus. 
So what does Jesus want to do with what's been given to him? That is a massive, massive key to understanding where his heart is. He's been given all things, and right here, right now, he's making known what his number one priority is. Look at the context of the verse. He says that no one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son. The relationship between the Son and the Father is so unique, so profound, it's so intimate. The whole universe evolves around that relationship. The Father and the Son, they're so in love with each other. I don't think we can comprehend or begin to understand the depth of that love. And he's saying, I know the Father. I know the Father. Then he says, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Right there and then he's telling us what he wants to do. With all things that he's been given, his number one priority is to reveal the Father. In fact, Jesus um, mentions the topic of the Father 213 times. Not that I found every single one of them. I might have Googled that one. That's twice as much as he talks about the kingdom. I think he's onto something. And he's trying to get us to see something. He wants to reveal the Father. What is it, though, that he wants to reveal that we don't already know? That we haven't already experienced or encountered? That the Bible doesn't already tell us? We've got the privilege of standing here and reading scriptures and reading history and people's encounters. So what is it about the Father that Jesus is saying, I want to reveal? And I want to give you an example from Moses. Because there's a, there's a connection here. And it's in Exodus 33, verse 18. You see, Moses, you know the story. It's when they're at Mount Sinai. And Moses is called up to go up to the mountain. And this is the part where he says to God, in Exodus 33, 18, and he said, please show me your glory. You know that story? So this is the point where I think I said this last time, that God's turned around to Moses and says, you carry on to the promised land, I'm not going with you because of the sin they committed when they worshipped the golden calf. I'm not going with you. And Moses says to God, and he says, no, I don't want to go unless you're coming. I want to know you. In fact, he says the verse before, he says, show me your way that I may know you. Then he says, please show me your glory. But now I want to show you something that God's response to Moses, if you look in verse 20, you go to verse 20. But he says, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. So Moses asks to see God's glory. God says, you cannot see my face. Why does he say, my face? And you know the story from this. He says, oh, I'm going to pass by you. And I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. And you will see the back of me. You will see my glory. But he says, you can't see my face. So, that stood out to me. Because the Bible has already told us that Jesus has seen the Father. Jesus knows the Father. Moses didn't get to see his face. So what does that mean? It means that the face, in the Hebrew word for face is panim. 
which means presence. It doesn't just mean face. It means to see the fullness of the glory of God. It's to see all of him. Let me explain it this way. Because I feel like God wants to touch on something. If you've been in a relationship or are in a relationship, there are certain things that you don't want to reveal straight away to somebody else. There are some things about ourselves that we keep, that we hide. So we don't let them see all of us. We, we can feel vulnerable. There's parts of us that I don't want somebody else to see because they're the most private, intimate, and maybe insecure parts of my life. But here it's saying that the Hebrew word for face is panim, which means presence. It means all of God, nothing left out, everything. Jesus got to see that. Now I want to show you something of what I believe Jesus wants to reveal to us. You know, there's a story when, um, I've just mentioned it, you know when God told Moses to stand in the cleft of the rock and I will pass by. Do you know what the symbol of that rock is? Okay, so I think it's Exodus 17, 6, we're in the wilderness. Do you know when God tells Moses to strike the rock so that water will come out? I can hear some rumbling. Heaven's coming. Paul describes that in 1 Corinthians 10.4 as this. Sorry, Nick, I know you've just found that one. I'll read this one out. It's okay. You can stay there. 1 Corinthians 10.4 says this. And all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. Is that something about to explode on me? heaven was coming you could have just <laughs> let me carry on thinking that <laughs> holy spirit no it's just the mic <laughs> is this one on yeah. the next step i like this is better i can reach this but it's tim it's yeah this is it's my height is it on can you hear me yeah. awesome okay so let me read that again nick put it up actually one corinthians 10 4 you need to see something significant that's going on I've got two hands now. Boom. You ready? So, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So the rock that Moses struck is a symbol of Jesus. When the, when the rock was struck, what came out? Water. Do you know that's, this is my opinion, I believe that's the reason it's, a sim it's symbolic of why Moses didn't enter into the promised land. Because it represents Jesus being struck on the cross. It represents Jesus being crucified. Moses was actually asked to speak to the rock. But because in anger of the Israelites, he struck it. And God said, because of that, you won't enter the promised land. But there's more going on. So when Moses strikes the rock and spiritual water, as Paul refers to, comes out... It's a symbol of Jesus being struck on the cross. Now watch this. 
Now we know that when he was struck, water and blood came out of his side. But if you think about it as spiritual water, when Jesus was struck on the cross, what came out at the day of Pentecost? The outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's very symbolic. Even right at the beginning, Jesus, uh, God is showing us the gospel. But not just the gospel. Not just the great commission to go and make disciples. And not everything else that we put priority on as a church. Because when the Holy Spirit was poured out, it wasn't just to come upon you for power and anointing and miracles. It was to come and live inside of you so that you could be born again. For what purpose? Because when you are born again, the Bible says that we become the righteousness of God in Christ. It says that we become the very image of Jesus. What for? I want to show you another verse, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, which is talking about Moses and the glory, but it's talking about us. But it's got a word in it that stands out more than anything that I want you to engage with this morning. So watch this. We've shared this scripture many times, so you know what it's about. But we all with unveiled face, beholding us in the mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same what? So we are being transformed into the same image of Jesus. And what does the image of Jesus get to see? He gets to see all of the Father, not just the back. Notice Moses stood on the rock. So when God's glory was passing by, Jesus had to be there. Jesus is the, the rock is the symbol of Christ. So it says, transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. But I want you to notice at the beginning, right? Because we're born again, we're spirit-filled. We have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. The rock Jesus was struck on the cross. The Holy Spirit's been poured out. We become the righteousness of God. Jesus is the perfect righteousness. We are transformed into his image. It means that we can do what the scripture is asking us to do. But we all, with unveiled face. Notice he says, unveiled face. What is it that God says Moses couldn't see? His face. His most intimate, powerful part of who he is. But yet Jesus did. Jesus got to see the face of the Father. The Bible says that no one has seen the Father except his Son, except Jesus. What was Jesus' number one priority? Matthew eleven twenty seven. To reveal the Father. There's a side to the Father that Jesus is saying, I need you to come and see. But maybe we haven't seen it because we've got our face veiled. Because there's still parts of us that we don't want to release or reveal yet. And there are different levels of reasons behind the reason. Let me show you something else, Nick. Get to the next verse. And notice the order. How many of you heard this verse? Quoted time and time again. Okay? Have you ever read this verse or had this verse given to you? And then wondered why you're still carrying your heavy burdens. If you put it into the NLT version, Nick, please. I don't question scripture. Because I, I believe in Paul when he says God's... The 
potter with the clay. So who are we to tell God? So I don't ever question his word. But there are times when I read this scripture and I think to myself, so why does it feel like we're still carrying heavy burdens then? Well, what came before that scripture? Only the Father knows the Son, and only the Son knows the Father, and whom the Son wills to reveal the Father to. Jesus is saying there's a process. And in order for some of this heavy stuff that we're carrying to finally be laid down at the cross and for us to experience the freedom that Jesus died for, we need to come with an unveiled face to the Father and say, I want, you to, I want to show you the most insecure parts of my life. I can't keep putting the veil and the covering over me because it's becoming too heavy. I can't carry this no more. Jesus, if you died for me to purchase my freedom, then I'm not questioning the cross. I'm questioning why I haven't seen the fullness of the face of the Father. And I think it's about time we started to receive. But that's on you and me to come to the Father and say, I've been hiding for too long like Adam and Eve in the garden because of shame. I've been hiding because of my insecurity. I've been hiding because of the grief that I can't expose because people will think I'm weak and I have to be strong. And I'm not having a go because I've tried to do that myself. Man, I've been through so much. I've been through so much hurt. The level of brokenness you wouldn't understand. Only those close to me have seen me break down. But what about yourself? I don't talk about this stuff because it's just, just throw it out there. What's that old saying? I don't want to see people see my dirty laundry or something. I never knew what that meant. I thought they literally, well, why would you put laundry out dirty and you washed it? <laughs> I never knew what it meant. But there's some people that's so proud. It's like, I don't want them to see what's going on. And I get it. And I understand it. But what you don't see is that same attitude is just being displayed to God in his presence. I want your presence, but I can only show you half of me right now. I'm not ready to give you all. And I believe God said to me to tell you this. He sees you. He sees your face. He sees all of you. And just like Jesus, he wants you to see all of him with an unveiled face. And look, I'm all for the power and the glory. And I want Pentecost. And I want the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want miracles. And I want healing. But I want him. I need to know him. Because the rest of my future depends on him right now. My children's lives depend on me knowing the Father, to be a father to them. When I don't have a father and don't understand how to give a certain love that I was never shown, how do you do that? God, there's a part of me that I've been holding back because of insecurity and shame and disappointment that it's time. Do you know what I see? I see a forgiveness being released from heaven. A forgiveness that he's going to set you free. Tim's message last week was powerful. Amen? Amen. It's a message we need to hear. When Tim first told me, 
he was preaching a fire, hell and brimstone message. I said, Tim, can I just ask? You're also leaving and leaving me with the church. I need people left, innit? You know, can you go easy on us? We need to hear about the blood, about the cross, about what it's all about. And there will be a time when we do need to repent and say, Jesus, I've been living in my own way and I've been trying to make it. And I've been trying to, it's almost like the Israelites in the wilderness. We would rather do the 40 years, we would rather go all the way around than come straight to the Father. I would rather go and experience the world and experience anything else that can take this feeling of brokenness away. I've been there, I've done it, I was a teenager, I was a very good teenager, okay? I didn't do drugs and sex and robbing and fighting, that was, no, maybe, sorry Lord, I lied. But what if it was a cover-up? What if everything I had to experience was only to try and touch the brokenness that I was feeling? Does that make sense? But God is saying, I'm not, I want you to come to me with an unveiled face because I want you to see me. You see, we don't need to be hidden in, in the cleft of the rock like Moses because we're standing on the rock, which is Christ. So when we see his image, when he sees us, he sees Jesus, the one that was crucified, the one that was resurrected, and the one that sits at the right-hand side of the Father. And just think about this, what I said last time about Pentecost. The Holy Spirit was given to Jesus from the Father as a promise. And Jesus instantly and straight away, without doubt, no hesitation, poured it out on us. And I think it's trying to find the balance between saying, yeah, I'm a Christian, I want the power of the Holy Spirit, just like the, the, on the day of Pentecost, true? We, we want that stuff, I want that stuff. I want healings, I want miracles, I want the dead to rise, don't go to the graves and start praying for people though. Let Halloween finish first and get that over with, that looked freaky. I want all of that stuff, but I just feel like God is saying, look, there's a process to this. Jesus had to depend on the love of the Father, not the power of the Spirit, which is quite amazing if you think about that. Jesus had the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon him to do what he did. And we very easily get sidetracked and think that's the way forward. So we step into things because we think that's how I've got to look as a Christian. I need the power, I need the anointing, I need the gift. I need to look like this, and if I can't do it, then we take a side step and we step back. But Jesus made it clear. I know the Father first, and everything I do is out of that relationship. And the power of the anointing of the Spirit wasn't just for power for healing and miracles. The Holy Spirit is also called the Counselor, the Comforter. The one who will guide us into all truth. The spirit of truth. What does that mean then? What if we build all our focus has been put on the power of Pentecost and we forgot what the real power is? What about the power of forgiveness? What about the power of reconciliation? What about the power of love and compassion? 
or about the power of freedom that Jesus died for. And I just sense in my heart the Father is saying, I'm going to take you on a journey as a church, right? He's given us a word for the next season. I do believe all these things will happen. But I want you to come and know all of me first. I want to teach you as my children how to come to me with an unveiled face. Because that will give you the most solid foundation that will set you up for the rest of your life. So maybe we can start that right now and, and just think, I know forgiveness is a hard thing and I promise I'll shut up and finish. It's one of the hardest things because we're stubborn, yeah? We're stubborn. Someone hurts us, someone says something. I ain't forgiving you. I'd rather slap you first. But I've been in situations in my life I don't know where, I have to tell you. And I'll share a quick testimony. And it's not I'm trying to make, bring all the attention on this, it's just to give us an example that helped me. So, not having a father in a relationship and everything that I've witnessed my dad do. There was a time when I remember speaking to Tim and I wasn't well and I was struggling with stuff. And I was sat upstairs in a prayer meeting and as we were praying, I saw my dad and I knew I had to go and forgive him. And at that time, my dad was living <laughs> in a caravan outside his dad's house with like all the extension and the wires coming out of the house into the caravan. Like it is just weird. So I went down there after that prayer meeting because I'd seen him. Because that's what I felt the Spirit was leading me to. That's a massive thing if you understood my history with my dad. So I went down there. Before I even got to the caravan, all I could smell was weed. And I knocked on and he could see it was me, so he started spraying the caravan to make sure. And I sat down. Now, I don't think he truly understood what I was doing. I don't think it sunk in. And I looked him in the eyes and I said, I forgive you for everything you've done. It wasn't about setting him free, it was setting me free. Because then from that day, that doesn't mean my dad changed and we was at a, oh, it was all lovey-dovey. I wanted to knock him out. He didn't understand what I was doing as a father because he didn't understand love. He was so broken himself that he couldn't understand. Look, you've hurt me and I'm forgiving you and you're still coming at me. But what I had to do was I had to leave that and say, God, I've put my heart right. Now I want to come and know you as my father. There has to be a place where we come, where we can come with an unveiled face. Because if you've got something in your heart, man, the devil will use every ounce of that to stop you from having an encounter. That's why I believe. I see, just as there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, I see an outpouring of forgiveness coming. And it might mean, and I know you probably don't want to hear this as much, because you're probably enjoying hating someone for something they did. I understand that. I get it. Okay, I get it. But maybe it's time to stop enjoying ourselves so much. And maybe it's time to say, okay, I'm going to release myself from this situation because I want to see all of you, Father. I want to see your glory. I want to see you do things in my life that everybody else told me I was nothing and I would never achieve. You're probably telling yourself that more than anybody else. You don't need the devil to come and tell you you're no good. So just right now, I know I've gone over time, sorry. 
if you can, just close your eyes, put your hands out. Look, you ain't got to forgive the whole world right now. We ain't got time for you. I'm, I'm, I'm already run over the time. I just want you to think, and do you know what? Let me say this. Maybe, maybe before we start dealing with people, maybe we're not forgiving ourselves. I know the feeling to live in disappointment and regret. And sometimes you can forgive other people and never, ever forgive yourself and release yourself from the past. And the past will always hunt you down and bring you back into it. So maybe right now, before we forgive anybody else, maybe we need to forgive ourselves. So, Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus, for the cross, that you have forgiven us of all sin. But if we can just think of one thing that we've done, that we're holding on to disappointment, that we're holding on to regret, and it's stopping us from moving forward, then Father, would you forgive me in not forgiving myself? And whether I fully understand what I'm about to say, I forgive myself. I release myself from disappointment in the name of Jesus. I will no longer carry the regret of my past. I come against the lies of the devil. He has no power. He only has manipulation. So don't give him a foothold at the door. Close the door. Let's choose right now to say, God, I'm coming to you with an unveiled face. This is my time. This is my season to do everything you've planned for my life. But before you open that door, I'm going to close the door on the past. I forgive myself in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 And then maybe for the rest of the week, we can start dealing with forgiving other people. Maybe write a list down. If you want to cross some people off and deal with that another year, give yourself maybe to the end of the year. That's pretty, that's cool. Maybe someone just said something really like, you know, it's really a simple forgiveness. Start with the simple one first. But I see it, church, I really believe it. I see forgiveness and I see a freedom coming that's going to release us into the things of the Spirit. Amen? Thank you for listening.